I just love to come alongside these widows and I call it just a sacred place to be too because I know so much because widows can only share some information with other widows. So it's just a really sacred space to be in. And I know that God put me in that direction. When I was next to John's casket, people would come up to me and go, God's going to use this, Pam. Oh, God's going to use this. And you just want to say, go away. (laughs) I would like my husband back. I'm Pam Lundell, and this is A Widow's Heart. Hi there, I'm Pam Lundell, embarking on a new journey, inviting you to join me. I'm not an author, I'm not a schooled theologian, but I am a sinner saved by grace, and like you have walked through the hills and valleys of life that we're going to talk about today and couldn't have made it without leaning on our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. And I thought the best way to get started would be to share my journey with you a little about myself. I'm a veteran radio broadcaster in the Twin Cities of Minneapolis and St. Paul for the last several years and have been part of the morning show at a Christian radio station where the miracles never cease. God brought me here after the death of my husband, John, in 2005. And you know, the Bible says we can make our plans, and boy, I'm good at that. (laughs) But the Lord determines our steps in Proverbs 16, verse 9. I met my husband, John, in the early 90s while working together as traffic reporters. John was a a seasoned traffic reporter in the helicopter, all that good stuff, manager and also a local celebrity. I loved his smile, his hilarious sense of humor. And soon we were dating, and then we got married. And together, we raised his two children from a previous marriage until they were young adults. We loved our home, our family, and our church and actually got to work together on a morning show, a radio show, together. Before he passed away, we were looking forward to the kids moving on with their lives so we could travel and do all the things we had planned to do. But you know how that works sometimes. God is in control. In August of 2005, I became what 90% of married women will become sometime in their lives, and that is a widow. John struggled with addictions that we really didn't address early on in the marriage and developed some very serious medical problems over the years, which culminated in February of 2002 with numbness in his legs. And eventually he was hospitalized for two months, paralyzed with Guillain-Barre syndrome, um, also called French polio. Maybe you know it by that name. This was after he had gastric bypass surgery in 2001. It was right after 9-11. If that wasn't enough stress on his body and soul, he traded his addiction to food for alcohol after the hospitalization. And through the physical therapy that followed, he was not a good candidate for gastric surgery in those days. And I really haven't talked in public about this before, but after a lot of prayer and consideration, I know that John would want others to benefit from his story. I say John's story. It's really our story. Well, John was in and out of treatment centers for three years, but even with the horror of alcoholism and the diminishing strength of his body, he was a man of faith, but he just wasn't able to kick his demon. In between, I was trying to control everything. On August 14th, 2005, I found John's body. He had died of an accidental prescription drug overdose. And you know what was was really interesting about that? It was so shocking. I was the only one in the house besides our our two little dogs. Um, But when I found him, he was a restless sleeper, so he had gone downstairs. Um, He was so peaceful. It was as if God had said, you know, you've tried so many different things, and now it's time to go home. I always thought John would be healed, and we would just pick up where we left off. But the moment 
I saw him so peaceful. And even before calling 911, I learned the true meaning of faith in action. I literally felt the presence of the Holy Spirit as he physically lifted me up and walked with me like he always has. But this time it was it was palpable. And it's very important to note, too, that, yes, praise God, many people get healed of their addictions and illnesses when they come to faith in Christ. Not all do. Many get healed in heaven. And that's what happened to John. So whether we're healed on earth or in heaven, it's a win situation. But I do remember the horrible days immediately after John's death, planning his homegoing service, picking out a casket, knowing on the day of his visitation that when I walked through that door the first time, I would see my husband in a casket. God did us a favor when he created us, so we just can't take it all in at once. The shock is just absolutely too, too much. John's service was unique and beautiful, attended by hundreds. It was a surreal day, and I'm thankful to God for the many friends and family that stood beside me. You know, there's a passage in Isaiah chapter 61 that I love. In the message, it says, God sent me to comfort all who mourn, to give them bouquets of roses instead of ashes, messages of joy instead of news of doom. Even though we can experience hard times, there's still God's hope and restorations. A few days after John's service, I was given the most amazing gift. It was a vision. And now I believe in visions, but I don't believe I'm the type of person who has visions, but it was amazing. So here's what happened. I was brushing my teeth. I wasn't sleeping. It wasn't a dream. But all of a sudden, I was driving down a country road. It was a blacktop road with green grass waving on either side, possibly blue skies with white clouds flitting across. It kind of looked like that old Microsoft screensaver. (laughs) All of a sudden, the road underneath me started to buckle. And then I was in the ditch looking into the horizon. And here comes a 1972 Buick Skylark. My husband had one of those. And he was in the passenger side with his elbow out the window. And I looked at him and as the car drew closer, I said, you look great. And he said, you look great. And I said, no, you look really great. It wasn't the most amazing conversation. But then something amazing happened. I walked up to him and I was able to hug him. I hugged my husband. I could smell him. It was a tangible embrace. And I looked up at him and he looked so amazing. Like the guy I met, the guy I met who was tanned and healthy. And he squinted into the horizon and he said, you know, I feel great and I'm sober too. Then it just disappeared. I immediately called my pastor and I said, what is with that? Because I know John's in heaven. He didn't come and visit me. But my pastor, amazingly, you know, he reassured me that, yes, God will open windows to let you know that a loved one is okay. No, John did not come and visit me, but he let me see that. And it was a gift that I will treasure for the rest of my days on earth. This is A Widow's Heart. I'm Pam Lundell, and I'm sharing mine on this very first podcast. I shared that my first husband died of an accidental drug overdose on August 14th, 2005. And uh, prior to that, um, we had been in radio together, I myself, for many years. But then I needed to look for a new job and God led me straight into Christian radio. I began doing the morning show and each day, my goodness, lives are touched in people's darkest trials. We've talked and prayed with the suicidal, the parent who lost a child to cancer, a husband who lost his job and can't tell his wife, the wife whose husband is leaving her, a daughter who lost her mom to cancer. The sacred calls never end. And then I started to notice a trend. New widows were calling me. 
The first was Betsy. She had lost her husband in the 35W bridge collapsed. Another woman named Amanda called. Her husband had died in a bicycle accident. She didn't know if she wanted to continue to live. And a woman called so grief-stricken that she could hardly talk on the studio line, crying that she needed to talk to me. Now, this was not on the air. Her husband had just taken his life the day before, and she said she didn't know how to get through even the next few minutes. I prayed with her, called her later. I'm certainly not telling you this because I'm so amazing. God is the amazing one who gives me the words to speak and the ears to listen. And it's the club you don't want to be a member of. But as I mentioned earlier, 90% of married women will become widows. And when this happens, every aspect of life changes, like it or not, ready or not. These are facts, and I'm not telling that to make you sad, but just to show you that you can live, heal, grow, and thrive once you come through the grief. You can't go around it. Widows continue to call me to share their stories. And in November of 2011, I got 16 beautiful widows together, I think from age 25 to 85, for a pre-Christmas dinner at a restaurant nearby. We brought pictures of our husbands, talked about them, lit a candle in their memories. I called it a Novembering dinner, so sweet and honoring, and so many friendships were made. And I have to tell you, after that, I was invited to be a part of an amazing nonprofit foundation for widows, and I'm going to introduce you to one of the co-founders, and we'll talk more about Widow Might on A Widow's Heart. I'm Pam Lundell. I've got a very special guest I want to introduce you to. I told you a little bit about the story and a little bit about him, but his name is David Thielman, and he is with me now and really at the start of an incredible nonprofit called Widow's Hope. Welcome, David. Thank you. Nice yeah. to be here. Thanks for having me. I'm very glad to have you. And I was telling um, our friends that when my, hus- my husband, John, passed away, um, I started working at KTIS four months after his death. Which was horrible because I was still grieving and still in all these stages of of grief. But what really helped was the phone started ringing and I got emails and, and texts and social media from other widows saying, you know, if you can do this, I can do this. I thought it was amazing. And then somehow you contacted me because you and a friend had this idea to form a nonprofit for widows which became Widow Might. So can you just give me a, a little thumbnail sketch about how that came about, the inspiration for Widow Might? Sure. Uh, it, it really started a long time before that. Uh, my life story is really mm-hmm. what led to Widow Might, at least in, in my life. Um, my mother was widowed at 47. Uh, my father That's had cancer. That's the same age I was. Wow. And died, and uh, she still had three teenagers at home. She lived 250 miles away from me. I was already married. I was 24 years old, had a new little baby. And uh, his illness and his death were, were quick. I mean, mm-hmm. from diagnosis to when he died was only six weeks. And it caught us all very off guard. Yeah. And from far away, being a son, I found myself in this new environment of grief I'd never been close to before. And it was a train wreck. And mm. as I think back now, and even before Widowmite started, uh, there are tremendous holes in our society when it comes to dealing with grief in particular, but widows even more specifically. And I experienced that. And for many years, as I was traveling long distance to visit her and try to help as best I could, 
Uh, and as a believer, uh, I realized that there just wasn't much out there, especially for the younger widow, her mm-hmm. being 47 at the time. And, and you know that from right. your own experience. Mm-hmm. So that's really when these ideas started to germinate in my mind about the gaps and why are there gaps and the frustration I was feeling at the time, even with the church, where you know the appeal would go out, well, there has to be something to help her. And there just wasn't. And, Mm. you know, I found myself shaking my fist even at God at the time saying, what's going on here? I read in the Bible of your care and what your heart for the widow. And it was at that early time that I started getting this sense that, well, what are you going to do about it? And (laughs) you uh, felt the calling, right? That was that was long before Mm -hmm. we stepped out on the limb. But it it was a definite real sense at that time. So, so tell me, so when the, the idea came to light and then I believe that it was about t- maybe 2011 or, or 2012, I mentioned earlier that um, widows started contacting me at the radio station and um, I formed a group of about eight or nine of them. And I li- they were little, literally from ages of 26 to 80. And I had been through grief share and I thought, you know what? They did a really cool thing at our last meeting where we brought a picture of our loved one and lit a candle in their memory and just talked about them. And there there were tears, but there was a lot of laughter and just, just sharing and giving life to that person now, you know, that is in heaven. I thought that was so beautiful. So I asked each of the ladies, we met at a, a Twin Cities area restaurant to bring a picture of their husband. Um, and we were just going to, you know, get together and, and remember them. And it was so beautiful. There was so much noise in the restaurant, David. It just all disappeared because everyone was sharing their experience. And we got so much from leaning on each other. It just seemed to be like a precursor to what to what God had planned, too. And I shared earlier that at my husband's homegoing service, I was just obviously stunned. And people kept saying, you know, God's going to use this. God's going to use this. And then you called me, by the way, this is widow, a widow's heart. We're talking with David Thielman, one of the co-founders of a nonprofit in the Twin Cities. And it's really gone national. We'll talk about that a little bit more later on. It's called Widow Might at uh, widowmite.org. So you contacted me somehow at the radio station and we got a group of these um, widows together to be like a sounding board for this new nonprofit. Yeah, it was interesting how... Again, I I tie everything back to God and what's going on here. Uh, None of it is an accident. But uh, the the other Mm -hmm. co-founder and I were talking about how do we we launch something like this and what should our our focus, our mission, our purpose be primarily? And your your name came up. I can't even remember how it came up other than uh, I had heard that you had lost your husband. And then uh, this other co-founder, she really did the legwork. She said, why don't we have uh, a focus group? Let's, let's call some ladies together who have gone through this experience, you know, get a spectrum of ideas, have a moderator there, and just listen to what the needs are. And then we can start forming, you know, this idea of an organization around that. So that, that was kind of the, the germ, the seed and, you know, thing. I have to tell you that that was on um, Valentine's Day, and I know that it was planned that way, February 14th or right around Valentine's Day of, uh, of 2012. And I remember we walked in, um, all of us, you know, new widows, and um, sat down, and we all cried. And I think somebody said something like, maybe we shouldn't have done this, because there was flowers, and there were flowers and candy. And I was just crying because someone cared. 
you know? Yeah, that was that was all Ginger, the yeah. other co-founder. Yeah, I'm the I'm the awkward guy in this. So <laughs> I'm still uh, the clumsy one learning. How to but do I this. love it. That's when I first met you too. It's like here's this guy, and he's just got this heart for widows. And as you mentioned, you know, because of your your mother and losing your father, and she uh, losing her husband. Um, and we're going back to the this, the focus group that we were in uh, so many years ago. And I remember a lot of conversations. What were some of the main things that you took from that? Yeah, really, uh, it was foundational because we had mm-hmm. other ideas going into that, that session mm-hmm. that we quickly discarded. And we really focused in on two things. Uh, the first one you've already mentioned, the power that God uses in connection and community. Uh-huh. And, and that was really the primary, the, the, the first and foremost. But then we heard underneath that, the undertow were, was the eroding factors of all the practical needs of life. You know, you've got kids, you've got a house, you've got job, you've got school, you've got all these other things that get in the way of grief and add to grief. So we really, I think, walked away with a clear picture that we have a two-pronged uh, solution here that we can offer. One is connection and community. And the other is providing some form of vetted, safe, practical resources and partners. That's so, so good. I remember, you know, afterwards and talking with these widows too, so many had no idea what their financial situation was, had no idea whether they had savings or the, the sad, sad thing I learned was so many didn't even know they didn't have life insurance. It's shocking, especially yeah. and the younger the widow, the more at a loss they are yeah. because those are thoughts that typically you just don't have. Yeah. And many times... This isn't going to happen to me. Yeah, many yeah. times the conversations never lead in that direction. Certainly was the case for my mother and also I had lost my... Or my sister had lost her husband at a young age as well at 36. That was kind of oh, a... Oh, my goodness. Uh, ...wave number two for me back yeah. in 1991. So uh, very common that these are surprise attacks and there isn't a lot of planning. And if we can provide a resource, at least as a starting point, uh, we thought that would be of value. Yeah. Very powerful. And I love the cornerstones of Widow Might, to live, heal, to grow, and to thrive. And, and, and I look at the living part, and that's just getting by the first minutes, the first hours, the first days of losing your husband. I mean, just just getting up maybe and, and getting dressed and, and, and doing something nice for yourself or most, mostly letting someone do something nice for you. And then the healing part that takes a long time and then you begin to grow and then, and then you thrive. And that's, that's where I am right now. It's been many years since John passed away and I'm remarried, but I do have that heart for a widow like you do. And we continue to be able to help people in, in that area. Um, I just love that. So tell us, um, it's been you've been very protective of widows too. I know that. Tell us. Tell me why. Well, I think the Bible is really clear that God's heart is for the widow, and He speaks and describes Himself as their caretaker, and uh, He hides them under His wing, mm-hmm. and uh, He admo- admonishes us and the church to do the same. So we take very seriously uh, our relationships as we get to know these these treasured women. And we want to absolutely do nothing to add to the pain that they're already navigating. Mm-hmm. And whether it's uh, a broken commitment or some, some way of dropping the ball, we don't want to do that. We also, through our partnerships, want to make sure that they are vetted, that they understand 
what we're doing, that they mm-hmm. understand kind of the trappings you can fall in, you know, what to say, what not to say, the awkward things that happen. So there's some training that goes on there that we help them with, uh, all, all with her in mind mm-hmm. uh, to make sure that as she interacts with any of the resources that we would recommend that they actually add value that they don't add to the hurt. So celebrating a 10-year anniversary for Widowmite. That's amazing. And I yeah. know that you kind of handed over the reins as a director, but but still you're you're available and you, you know what's going on. Um, over these years, can you just share maybe a story of a life changed or, or someone who gained that hope through Widowmite? Yeah, I guess uh, there are many of them, yeah. uh, as you can imagine. Uh, and I, I'm not involved or and haven't been involved with every one. I mean, there are hundreds and hundreds of women who are mm-hmm. uh, kind of going through the fingers of Widowmite day to day. But one in particular, uh, again, coincidentally, there are no coincidences, I guess, in life. But I happened to work with uh, a man, a gentleman in business. I was helping him with his business. And he died suddenly. And... Uh, he and I were quite close. Uh, mm. We weren't best friends, but we were colleagues. Yeah. And uh, I was shocked to hear the news, you know, within a day or two of him passing. It got to me. And Widowmite was already out of the ground. We were a real thing. Uh, but I had never talked to his wife about it. And uh, so I called her, uh, kind of stepped up personally, called her and asked if it would be okay if my wife and I could could visit her. And she said yes. And from that first day, you know, walking into her house, seeing the raw grief, I mean, this is, you know, a day or two removed from his mm. passing and it was sudden. Uh, it was it was a heart attack. Um, and watching her progress over the last five or six years uh, along this progression of live, heal, grow and thrive yeah. has really you know, affirm to us that there is value here, that God is in this work. And that's what we desire to do is just walk alongside and uh, be with them, help them connect, help them find community and the resources they need. It's, it's such a wonderful organization, and I'm honored to be a part of it on the board. And I believe I'm a, I'm a, I'm a board member emeritus is what they call it, right? You're very special. Yes. <laughs> I'm very special <laughs> yeah. because I just, I just love to come alongside these widows. And I, and I call it just a sacred place to be, too, because I know so much because widows can only share some information with other widows. They don't go that deep. They don't share that much. But, boy, they can say, here's what I'm feeling Here's how my husband died, details that they would not share with anyone else. So it's, it's just a really sacred space to be in. And I know that um, kind of God di- put me in that direction when I was next to John's casket, you know, at, at his homegoing service. And people would come up to me and go, God's going to use this, Pam. Oh, God's going to use this. And you just want to say, go away. <laughs> exactly. I would like my husband back whole. But, um, you know, it's. Also amazing that day too, when we were at Lakewood Cemetery and most everyone had gone and I just felt so helpless. I didn't know, do I leave now? Do I leave him? Well, he's not here, you know, and talking with our, um, the director of, of the funeral home, also a family friend and a Christian organization, um, his name also Dave. And he just, he just looked at me and I said, it's just so strange to buy a $3,000 piece of furniture and bury it when John's not there. And he said, yeah, well, think of it this way. The shell's in there, but the nut's in heaven. So 
<laughs> and I share that story when I talk to women's groups and things like that. And they're all like a little horrified. Like, should we laugh? And I'm like, yeah, you should laugh. You should also laugh with joy because it's true. You mm-hmm. know, John is in heaven and I am just thankful that he knew Jesus and um, that I'm able to move forward. And um, as I mentioned, you know, you know, seven years ago I got remarried, but it's just an honor to come alongside widows. What do you see in the future for Widow Might? Well, uh, it's it's interesting. You know, this era of COVID has really caused us to step back and reevaluate. Uh, much of what we do is in larger groups. You know, we have three events every year that involve many, many women that come together. Mm-hmm. And with COVID, uh, 2020 was especially challenging for us because we couldn't right. do that. So uh, fortunately, we have some very smart, very dedicated <sighs> People that work with us, uh, uh, our director now, our executive director, has been very involved going virtual with much of what we do, uh, giving it an environment that we can do without face-to-face. So that's something new. The other thing that we've uh, encountered is uh, the outside world has found us in a new way because we've all been locked in our homes and we're on the internet and we're surfing and... uh, Widows are finding us from outside of the Minnesota area. Right. And they're yep. reaching out. They're asking, you know, can we do something here? You know, whether it's in Detroit or in Atlanta or mm-hmm. Houston or Phoenix. And uh, so we're busy now collecting those requests. And as a board, we're trying to make the right decisions here. How do we how do we do this in a proper way so that we don't lose who we yeah. are in the process? Still have the intimacy that we enjoy, but can offer you know, a blessing to someone outside of our geographic area. So yeah. we see that for the future as well. Well, and, and one of the things that's been really amazing too is, as you mentioned, we started with the the three um, core events, which was the Valentine's Day, the springtime luncheon. We do a, a boat cruise in the summertime and then the Novembering um, luncheon now, which usually happens in November, getting our hearts ready for Christmas. Mm-hmm. We bring pictures of our husband and share and have a wonderful speaker that, that's been so meaningful for so long. But it's the Widow Connect groups that have just exploded. And as you mentioned, I, I pop in on uh, my group, um, you know, about once a month just to say hi and see how everyone is doing. And during COVID, it was great because people were we're coming in from California, recommended by friends. We had one from Phoenix. We had one from Florida. I mean, it, it's just amazing. And to see um, the... Um, the widows that have been on their journey for a while be able to come alongside someone who just lost their husband and minister to them. I mean, you can just feel the Holy Spirit is present uh, in these relationships and, and, and so hopeful. It's amazing, David. Yeah, the, uh, you, know, you learn so much on a journey like this. And uh, one of the takeaways for me personally is the power of life-on-life interaction. And there's lots of words for it, mentoring and coaching and just walking alongside someone. But we see it every day in Widowmite where from a large event, maybe with 100 or 200 women, we see this funnel of relationship focused down into smaller groups called Widow Connect groups. And mm-hmm. then more importantly, life on life person to person where you just see it happen. It's like magic. It is the Holy Spirit Mm -hmm. where someone who is raw and new in this journey discovers someone a little bit further down the path and they see a flicker of hope that perhaps that can be me. Mm -hmm. And the journey starts from that point, the healing starts and the growing starts. And eventually those are the people like you who are reaching back in their thriving days and making sure others can take that same journey. 
Yeah. So thank you for that. That's, well, <laughs> you're, you're a living, breathing example of what we do. Thank you for that opportunity. We're talking with David Thielman. This is A Widow's Heart. And if you'd like to learn more, it's widowmite.org. That's M-I-G-H-T dot O-R-G. And it's it's interesting that a little, a bit ago when you t- talked about, um, you know, God's love for the, for the widow and for the orphan and he, he holds them under his wing. That's my life verse. I remember going to a, um, a grief, another grief group and I walked in and all these women were about 80 or over. And, and, and I, and I walked in there and I just went, well, this isn't going to work for me, you know, to myself. Well, you know, God just drags me by my neck a lot of times into things. And these women became dear friends. I learned so much from them and I found my life verse. He will cover you with his feathers and under his wing, you will find refuge. His faithfulness will be your shield and rampart. Psalm 91 verse four, one day I'm going to get brave and get a flamingo tattoo and have that address, <laughs> Psalm 91.4, put on the flamingo wing. Hasn't happened yet, Dave, but I'll let you know. Thank you so much for joining us today. Mm-hmm. I'm so glad that we can get the word out about Widow Might and um, maybe bring some hope to someone listening right now. Yeah, I, I guess my last appeal would be uh, to those who are listening, uh, even if you're not a widow, everybody has a story. And no matter where you are, Uh, at work, at church, on an airplane, uh, walking down the path in the park, there's someone nearby who has a story of loss. And it could be a widow, could be another loss, Mm -hmm. but it could very well be a widow. At least it has been in my life. They're all around us. It's the hidden community. So I encourage them to keep their eyes open and ears open and steer them towards us. We can help. They're not alone and we can help. Again, widowmite.org. Can I ask you to pray for everyone listening right now? Thanks, Dave. Uh, Heavenly Father, we thank you for the miracle of life. Uh, We thank you that you give us hope even when this life comes to an end. And for those who are left here behind, uh, especially in those early days, Lord, today at this season, the Christmas season, those who are uh, living with that fresh loss today, just put your arms around them and usher them to those of us who understand, care, and are willing to uh, come alongside them in their journey and open our eyes and our ears, those of us who live near them, who uh, care for them, to do something, to step out and uh, to be a little bit brave and come alongside in friendship and fellowship. And Lord, we just thank you for your son. And we just pray that everything we do in our life, our words, our deeds, our actions would bring glory to him. And we pray in his name. Amen. Amen. I'm Pam Lundell, and this is just a part of my story and how God has wrapped his arms around me when I became a young widow so many years ago. I want you to know if you've recently lost your spouse, that there is healing in the future for you. In the meantime, it's okay to cry out, be angry even, and to argue with God. Jesus did when he was on earth. Coming up on A Widow's Heart, I'll talk with widows, widowers, and those that want to reach out and help you too. Stories of God's great love after heartache. If you know someone who might be blessed with this podcast, tell them they can find it on Apple, Spotify, and Google. This episode of A Widow's Heart is a product of Northwestern Media, a ministry of University of Northwestern St. Paul. Thanks for listening.